Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Reach Life Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Our mission is changing life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. For more information, resources, or to connect with us online, visit www.reachlifechurch.org. We are, uh, if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles uh, ready, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today. Uh, we're continuing in our message series uh, about the Reach Life DNA, where we're looking at the up, the in, and the out. The up is, of course, our relationship with God. In is our relationship with one another. And out is our relationship to uh, those who don't yet know Jesus. And we've called this series More Like Jesus. Um, and as Pastor James clarified before, when we say more like Jesus, we don't mean that you are becoming Christ or gaining some sort of Christ consciousness, those are false teachings. There's only one Christ. His name is Jesus. Uh, We are not Him. We cannot become Him. will not become Him. But when we say more like Jesus, we mean that we are being uh, conformed to Jesus's life and character, right? Our life, our character is progressively, by God's grace, being to be made uh, to look more like that of Jesus. So we look to Jesus, God the Son's relationship with The Father, that's the up. We look to His relationship with sinners in need of forgiveness. That's all of us, right? uh, That's the out. And we look to His relationship with those who have received that forgiveness and that reconciliation. That's the church, right? That's the end. And then for the rest of our lives as Christians, we get the joy, the privilege of yielding to God and allowing Him to grow us in those areas uh, to our good and to His glory, right? And so... This area of out is something that we specifically want to grow in in 2022, so we've devoted two weeks to it. Uh, You may have noticed a couple weeks ago we had uh, an evangelist come in and talk about out. Well, this week, I want us to look at being out in a specific way, and I've called the title of today Living on Mission. Living on Mission. I want to start by looking out kind of at the area that uh, is our mission field is Reach Life Church. Where have we been called to minister? You know, the truth is in Asheville, we have a beautiful, weird, eclectic, new age, intellectual, artsy, micro-brew making, outdoor adventure seeking, indie restaurant loving, dog friendly, down home, drum circle kind of place. (laughs) Don't we? And we love it, right? Like it's it's our place. And... um, but in our city, in our area, the truth is that folks desperately need Jesus. And so we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. In many ways, that's the purpose of a local church, man. Uh, we just sang about Jesus' glory. No one can stop the Lord. Uh, we know that what, as Christians what we've been forgiven of. We know what awaits us. We know who lives with us now in the present. And we want other people to join in. We want other people to experience that joy. So we, we share the gospel. Uh, but just as we, as we talked about in Asheville, it's really, it's kind of like we're missionaries in a foreign land, right? But, but the foreign land is here. You know, we, we are among it. It's been brought to us. The reason that's interesting is because for hundreds, literally hundreds of years, the church has sent missionaries to uh, China to reach uh, the Buddhists and to uh, Middle Eastern countries to reach Muslims and to uh, some European countries to reach the atheists. Um, and as Reach Life Church, we're for all of that. We think you should do that. 
Uh, that's exceedingly important. Jesus wants all people in all nations to come to him and be born into the family of God. And so we should seek to contribute to those efforts. But again, truthfully, here in Asheville, that foreign land is right here. So if you want to have a meaningful interaction with someone who doesn't know Jesus, just walk over to the cubicle next to you at work, right? Or to the person at the gym who's sharing the machine beside you. Or talk to the person who serves you coffee every day on the way to work. That's really all you got to do. Um, not only do we have people here who hold to atheism and all the other world religions and uh, major cults in this area, things like that, but also we have, and this is um, largely people like me, Asheville natives, we have people who have sort of a Christian memory, but it's just that. It's, it's pretty much a memory, you know. Um, and what people like that tend to do is pick and choose from Christianity and mix it with all the above that I listed so that it ends up being none of the, the above and certainly not um, authentically Christian. So that's our, our, the ministry field in which we, we find ourselves. Um, we do want to work toward broader missions, just so you know, as Reach Life Church. We do want to work toward broader missions and hopefully someday international missions, but our primary mode is always going to be um, to send missionaries to the bookstore near your house or to your office, or to the gym, or where you go on your lunch break. That's always going to be our primary mode. As our um, mission statement says, we want to unleash you uh, onto the mission field with the love of Jesus and the message of Jesus. Um, but the question I want to answer this morning is how. How do we do that? You know, um, I've heard uh, a few people give uh, feedback, uh, good, good feedback on when Randy was here the other week, um, but p- that's intimidating, to be quite honest. I want let me kind of be real. Man, I'm not Randy. Thank God for Randy. Thank God for people like Randy. Oh my goodness, mightily used of God. But I, I don't have that gift set, honestly. Uh, very few people are are kind of, kind of, kind of built that way. Um, so what does that look like for us at the end of every gathering? And you'll hear Pastor James say it again today. He'll say, he'll, he'll give a benediction. He'll say, Reach Life Church, you are sent. Well, what does it mean? What does it look like to live a sent life? Well, I'm glad you asked because the Bible has some great guidance for us as usual. Uh, 2 Corinthians, I told you we'd get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21 is where we're going to be. So if you want to look down at verse 17, the Bible says this, Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise God. Could be inserted right there. Um, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, this is a very straightforward passage. This is not complex. Now, it's It's rich, and we won't mine everything out of it this morning by any means, 
but it, it's, it's clear. And what it does is give an outline and show a picture, an image of what it looks like to be living on mission, right? This, this is what it looks like. Five times, um, if you've been in either our men's uh, Bible study group or our women's Bible study group that we've done in the past on like how to, to study Scripture, you may have recognized that five times in these short, brief little verses, a phrase was used, some form of the word reconciliation was used. Well, that tells me then, as a Bible student, that must be the theme of that section of Scripture, reconciliation. Paul says that that's the root, man. That's the heart. That's the, the drive of our ministry. He's talking about our ministry, and it's reconciliation. Here's something you may want to write down. Um, we are ambassadors of Christ carrying the message of reconciliation. Man, if you're, if you're someone who uh, writes in your Bible, you may want to underline that word amb- ambassador in verse 20. Um, it's our work. It's our labor. It's our duty. It's our joy uh, to be on mission, and that mission is reconciliation. Now, what does it mean, reconciliation? It means that there something needs to be reconciled. Something is broken. Right? That means that there's a relationship of hostility, it sounds weird, a relationship of hostility between holy God and sinful humanity. That's all of us, right? Um, and that that, rec- that um, relationship of hostility can be totally changed so that the enemies of God, all of us, can become the friends of God. That's reconciliation. That's the gospel. That's, that's the good news. Um, and so it's possible for enemies of God, again, which is our natural state, to be reconciled to God, and it's our calling as ambassadors of Christ to carry forward that message. Think about God's uh, process here. God is the ultimate missionary. We know that in sending God the Son to the earth, God the Father was making a way of salvation, was He not? Right? And then God the Son, born as Jesus, called to Himself apostles, And he sent them out to carry forward his message. And then this passage reminds me of what Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17. He prayed not only for those whom he had called to himself, the apostles, he he prayed for those who were called to to God through the apostles. That's us, right? Everybody else. He prayed that we would carry forward his mission And the Scripture says that, look at uh, verse uh, 19. He's entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Can you imagine? Jesus is like handing over the keys to His ministry. Now, He he provides the power. We know this. But He hands over the keys. He said, okay, okay, you guys, I'm going back to be with the Father. Take this thing, carry it forward. That's entrusting. Can you imagine What responsibility, what honor that is. We're to continue Jesus' mission. That's incredible. And simply being missional means living a sent lifestyle, specifically in the way that Jesus did it. Now, this term missional, you may have heard us, if you've been around Reach Life for a while, uh, you may have heard us use this term we call, and we use it in our missional communities. It's communities that are on mission. And that word has kind of been thrown about in church plants for quite a while, since I was a a church planter uh, over a decade ago. 
Um, but it, I think it has some misunderstandings, and there tends to be a spectrum. On one end, some churches believe that they, they usually have ideas um, like justice and compassion and things like that and take them to be missional. And, but that's not what missionality means. Now, to be clear, pro- providing things like uh, food to the needy, teaching impoverished kids to read, supporting fair trade, seeking racial reconciliation, seeking justice for human life in the womb, helping people be delivered from sex trafficking, and so many other things should be done by the church, right? Those are very good things. Jesus would have us do them. And when we do those types of things, we are making the world look more like Jesus would have the world to look, right? Those are very good things to do. Um, But the mission is not just to make the world a better place. Right? It's been often said that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Right? Um, we should make the world a better place, but our mission is about the gospel. Our mission must be gospel-centered. Right? We should do these other things that I've mentioned, but the core, the center of our mission must be the gospel. It's the gospel that we're carrying forward that has been entrusted to us. Uh, remember, that's the th- repeated theme of our passage is that word reconciliation. There's a broken relationship between God and people, and that's what we're seeking to, to help them heal, help, uh, help them embrace the gospel because we know it's benefit. We've, we've uh, appreciated what God has done for us. You know, what, what profits somebody if they gain the whole world and lose their soul? So it's about reconciliation. In fact, I'll tell you that you can only have real and lasting and true reconciliation even with your fellow man, only when you have it with God, your maker, the maker of men and women, right? Um, So being missional means being sent out specifically on this message of reconciliation. It's got to be gospel-centered. Paul elsewhere calls the gospel the power of God unto salvation, right? So that's one end of the spectrum. Uh, where I think missionality kind of uh, gets skewed. On the other end, some churches take terms like evangelism uh, to be the same thing as missional. But truly, and we should be evangelistic, don't get me wrong, but we can be evangelistic and not be missional. So for example, we could stand on a street corner and tell people, you are sinners in need of reconciliation to God. Would that be a true statement? Yes. And indeed, that would be a, a true statement, uh, that, and that would be evangelistic. And some people are gifted to do that. Uh, when operating in the right spirit, man, they can be tremendous workers in the kingdom of God. But that particular mode isn't considered missional. It's not what we mean as a church when we say missional. Being missional necessarily being, means being involved in the lives of others. It's a personal thing. Right? So not only gospel-centered, it's also personal. It's personal because that's how Jesus did it. Jesus was personal. Sure, Jesus did lots of preaching publicly, kind of a come, he, come and hear sort of thing. But notice that Jesus also drew people close to him, didn't he? If you ever if you read the New Testament, Jesus drew near to people. As Jesus went telling about the kingdom of God, he shared burdens. He lifted up. He healed people. He rescued people. He loved on people people. This was Jesus's mode, right? This is what Jesus did as he went. So think about it. God could have preached to each of us from afar, couldn't he? He's God, but he sent Jesus in the flesh. 
And what was Jesus's pattern when he came? He loved, he healed, he rescued as he preached. That's missionality, gospel-centeredness, and in a personal way. God himself, Jesus, lived out his mission among us. So that's going to be our primary mode as a church. Again, we'll do all those other things, but our primary mode is to live in people's lives, invite them into our lives in a gospel-centered way. We want to live out the gospel in front of them. We want to say the gospel with our mouths so that our lives and our speech match up, and hopefully they will come to see Jesus for who Jesus really is. That's the kind of thing that we live for, by the way. That's the kind of thing that millions throughout history of the church and today, sadly, die for. So that's going to be our primary mode. So that's the reason, uh, one of the primary reasons we want to go to work each day. One of the primary reasons we want to go to school. One of the primary reasons we go to the gym is so we can be, and you may have never thought about that. Well, I go to work to earn a living. Yes, but that's not your primary goal there. Your primary identity is in Christ. If you if you're are in Christ, if He's your Savior and Lord, your primary identity is as an ambassador. We'll get to that in just a minute. Again, down, down in verse 19, God says He's entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And there's something hidden in, in that verse right there. And it's the word message. Well, what's hidden about it? There's something important about it that I want to mention. The ESV translates that word message, and it's a significant word choice by Paul, and it has bearing on us, okay? Paul specifically chose the word, to use the word logos to mean message, or to, to, that we have translated as message. And what he means there is that it's a message that is true. Logo. He, he didn't use the word muthos, which means something that's not completely historically accurate. It's not literal history. We can't verify it. Paul could have used that word. He did not. Paul used the word logos. This is truth that we are taking. And I, again, I pause to point that out because it has everything to do with us. We live in an age much like Paul. Remember how I just described our area at the beginning? This is a lot like Paul, religiously pluralistic. You know, our day is filled with um, all kinds of spiritual ideas. In this area, if something sounds spiritual, it's okay, as long as you're sincere, right? Is is kind of the overall mood. Uh, and But Paul points out, um, as should we, that the gospel is truth. In history, God became man, paid the penalty for the sins of humanity, that mankind can be reconciled. To God in history. This is truth that we're speaking. So Paul is making a, a, a statement in saying he's entrusted to us the logos of reconciliation, right? He's, he's making a statement that this is truth that we're carrying forward, and it's especially important in our context where we live, and it should shape how we share the gospel. So um, as we go out as Reach Life Church, we have the truth, we want to be equipping one another to share the truth so that we might persuade people. That's offensive these days to try to persuade somebody to believe something they don't believe. And you may ask, well, wait a minute. You, you're telling me I should persuade? I thought only God saves people. Like you can't argue people into the kingdom. Well, I would agree. Only God saves people. But look what Paul said. Back up in verse 11. We didn't read that at the beginning, but take a look at verse 11. Paul says, therefore... Knowing the fear of the Lord, we what? 
persuade others. We persuade others. Now, that, again, that may make you pause. But this is the practice of the Apostle Paul. In fact, if you read about Paul in the book of Acts and all his missionary journeys, the words used to describe how Paul interacted with people who did not know Jesus, here are some of the key words. Persuading, debating, convincing, disputing, reasoning with, explaining, proving. Those are some of the words, and they're repeated over and over and over again. The key words that the Bible uses to describe the greatest missionary of all time outside of God himself, the Apostle Paul, could be summarized as persuasive. And so, Reach Life Church, as we go out in the name of Jesus, we will seek to be persuasive. We will do things like benevolence and friendship and other forms of showing people Jesus' love. It's absolutely necessary. Jesus loves them. Um, and we should love them too. That should be demonstrated in our actions. But the most loving thing that you can do is show somebody how they can know that this Jesus who loves them so much really is the Savior. That's the most loving thing that you can do. And so that's the, the thing that we want to prepare ourselves for. This means actually sharing the gospel, as Randy talked about, with our mouths. But it necessarily means seeking to persuade people about Jesus. Um, you know, again, I, I'll say it again, only God saves, but God has chosen to use uh, the means of people believing the gospel, right? coming to trust in the gospel. And it's our job to try to persuade them with sound reasons and, we'll get into this in a second, with a pure life lived out in front of them. So I want to stop and notice something there. Um, if if you're the person going out in the name of Jesus, and I'm the person going out in the name of Jesus, do you realize that we take ourselves everywhere we go? Right? Everywhere I go, there I am. Right? And so, if I'm the mouthpiece, I'm also the representative. And so, how I live affects what I say or how people perceive what I say, right? So, um, and not only do I need to uh, live a clean life, but I need to know the gospel that I'm sharing. I need to know what I'm talking about. That's why you'll hear us every week talk about the gospel. In our MCs, talk about the gospel. If you go to lunch with me, we're going to talk about the gospel, right? In some shape, form, if we shoot basketball together, the gospel's coming up, right? Um, So we will train uh, and we will choose for ourselves the gospel. Uh, We need to be consistently doing uh, what Paul says in a continuation of this same letter in chapter 10. You can just write this down, um, but I'll I'll read it for us. In chapter 10 of the same book, the same letter to the same people, Paul says this, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now he, here he describes the weapons. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul describes this as, if, if you read this passage in context, that's spiritual warfare. This type of, of, of reasoning, of helping people understand, of taking 
our own thoughts captive according to Christ is spiritual warfare. And so we'll train in that. If we have um, unbiblical ideas starting to creep into our thought, own thought press processes, we have uh, right over here on the wall, one of our core descriptors, biblically rooted. That's what that means, right? And so we train, we, we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We want to take our thoughts captive to be uh, conformed to Christ. Again, that's spiritual warfare. That's hard stuff. That's hard stuff. Yeah, have you ever changed your mind on something that you believe dearly? That's hard. It takes a lot of humility. That comes from yielding to the Lord and His Word, right? And so we'll, we'll train in that. You know, as a church, we cannot let the gospel, the truth of the gospel, go. It's the only means of salvation, both for us or for anyone else, right? And so we'll, we'll hold fast to it. So let's dig a little further uh, and step a little closer into what it looks like to have a sent life. Uh, now, whether we have a gift of an evangelist or not, again, I told you at the beginning, I am not Randy Shepherd. God bless Randy Shepherd. God bless people like I know other people like that. It's amazing. I'm not built that way. You, you're probably not built that way either. But we are ambassadors. Did you know that? Even if we're not built to be like evangelists, we're still ambassadors. We cannot get off the hook, right? Uh, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, in ancient times, um, kings would choose and train people and send them uh, as representatives of their governments. And Paul, we still have that today, right? We have ambassadors, like the United States has ambassadors to the United Nations, for example. In Paul's time, uh, the Roman government would conquer people, and um, they would put in that country as many as 10 ambassadors. And those ambassadors' jobs, their responsibility was to represent the interests of Caesar and Rome among the people that they had just conquered. That was the job of the ambassador. So think about how an ambassador lives his or her life. They live in a land that is ultimately not their home. They spend their life with people they did not previously know. They have to learn the language and the culture of those people. And they learn the customs and ways of thinking of those people. And the ambassador has an agenda. His agenda, her agenda, is to have the, um, the uh, thoughts, the, the philosophy, the culture in some ways of the king that he represents be embraced by the people that he's going to. There's an agenda. So hopefully you'll see the direct parallels for us as ambassadors. Our primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God, but we've been called in the role of an ambassador to go out into people who are in the kingdom of man, who do not know that they're walking in darkness and need the light of Jesus. And so we will take this message of reconciliation. We will persuade them. We will plead with them to be reconciled to God. Um, it's about being ambassadors. So that's the huge question that we want to answer out of our text what does this uh, ministry of reconciliation look like? I want to put some very specific things on it, and we're going to narrow in the focus here. And this is hopefully, if you've been checked out so far, lean in. This will apply to all of us. Um, there's been a ministry that we've used here as a church several times. Just broadly, uh, I want to lay out some things that they recommend, three essential skills for every ambassador. This is from a ministry called Stand to Reason. Um, if you're a note taker, just write these down really quickly, and I'd love to talk with you about them more. First, we've got to have some knowledge. 
um, how does how how are our minds how are our lives changed through the renewing of our minds? So at a bare minimum, we've got to have some knowledge. We've got to know the character, mind, and purpose of our King as ambassador. We've got to know Jesus and know Jesus well. Secondly, we've got to have some wisdom. The knowledge we have has to be deployed in a skillful, willful, uh, winsome way. You ever met somebody who knows all kinds of Bible stuff, but they're a jerk? Have you? Have you ever been that person like me? I have. I've, I've, I've been that person. Well, we need to be wise ambassadors. Uh, and then the third com- kind of uh, builds off of that. Uh, if we're going to be persuasive, at least, we need to have some character. Again, everywhere I go, there I am. As I represent Jesus, there I am. Um, so th- this has to take place in our hearts first. Pastor Tim Keller says, unless all the above is the outflow of a truly humble, bold, gospel-changed heart, it is all just marketing and spin. We're not salespersons. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors, right? We want to authentically represent Jesus. Well, those are areas that we all want to, want to grow in. And again, if, if you feel like the Lord would have you grow in one or more of those areas, let's talk. But I want to narrow it down yet a bit further. So for us to maintain the mindset of missionaries, I want us to think about some examples of how you may be able to do that. Um, as you go out and address cultural issues and water cooler topics and talk to people. How, how, do, you, how do you do it? Um, well, what if you have... Uh, where's, is Hannah Mae here? I'll put her on the spot. Where's she? She'll raise her hand like this. Hannah Mae literally has a shirt that says, where the mild things are, right? Not the wild things. What if you have a personality like Hannah Mae? Super nice, super caring, but you're, you're introverted, right? Yeah. What, how can you be like ambassador, right? Like how, yeah, how can you do that? Well, maybe it's something simple. Maybe at your job, you have a prayer jar. This is going to be really practical. You have a prayer jar and you just put on there, it's like fishbowl, how can I pray for you, dash Hannah Mae, right? And so maybe people, man, I'm going through a rough time. I, anonymous, drop my little paper in there. Can't hurt my help, you know? And, uh, and so maybe over time, uh, Hannah May or whoever you are, you look for opportunities. You know, I read this, and you actually signed, you actually put your name on there. I, I want you to know I've been praying for you. How can I help in a practical way? How can I come alongside you? Can we have coffee sometime? Right? All of a sudden, ambassador, right? A representative. Um, a, a, a couple of other ways that this could work out for you. Um, maybe you have a great work ethic on your job. Maybe you bust it, man. Maybe you bring in good numbers, and people are like, that's a rock star right there. Well, if the, if the shine is coming your way, what you should be is a big reflector back to Jesus. And let people know, you know, you know why I work so hard, man? I believe that God has really, uh, I believe this, this job is a blessing from God. Man, the ability I have to be in sales or work hard with my hands or whatever, that comes from the Lord. And I want to honor Him with, with how, I, how I work. Boom, you're an ambassador. right? You're an ambassador. You're using your reputation to point to Jesus. You're living in a sent way. Maybe you have like a, uh, a hobby. Anybody have hobbies, right? Something you love to do. 
And so what you can do is use that hobby. You can look for a group of other people with that hobby. You know what I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to insert myself as a missionary, as an ambassador of Jesus to people who um, do uh, have role-play games or people who knit or people who do organic farming, whatever. I'm an ambassador for Jesus wherever I go, and wherever I go, there I am, and now I'm an ambassador in this local herb garden or whatever. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. And so if you have a hobby, our men's basketball team, they have hobbies. One of them is basketball, right? And so what we pray that we can do uh, is, is uh, play in such a way that looks differently than people who play who don't know Jesus. We'll have good attitudes, Right? We will, we will have like, we'll compete, but we'll have good sportsmanship against those going. To, and let me tell you something in a city league, that sticks out. Do you guys know? And so hopefully, when we stick out like that in a good way, people will say, Man, I appreciate you guys' attitude. And you can say, Man, you know, it's a blessing to be. I, I feel like God's, I'm, I'm grateful for my health. I can be out here on the court. I want to honor God with how I play. Maybe you can, you can have an opportunity to pray with them one day. Maybe if you guys decide to pray before the game, people will see that, and maybe they'll join in, right? Um, so just little things that we can think about. Just wanted to put it in a real practical way. We have ideas is the point, right? If, if you feel like God prompting in your heart, God, how can with my personality, in my way, um, where I am, wouldn't it be cool to do things that you love while being an ambassador of Jesus? You know, you can do that. Like, you really can. We want to help. We want to come alongside and help you do it. We want to unleash you so that the in equips one another in the up, and then that fuels the out. Isn't that cool how that works? Right, we, that's how we want to work it as Reach Life Church. Let's talk more about that after the gathering. I'll come see Pastor James uh, or myself. But first, I want to go to the Lord, and this is the close. Each week, we do a thing called the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 21 that we closed uh, our reading with. This Apostle Paul says, For our sake, He, God the Father, made Him, the Lord Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin. That is, take on all the sin of all of us so that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, our slate can be clean of sin. We can be righteous before God. You guys understand? That's incredible. I don't know. Am I the only sinner in the room? How many of you have things on your ledger that you're not so proud of? You've hurt other people. You've hurt yourself. You've offended God. Here's the great news. God made the Lord Jesus, who was sinless, who knew no sin, to take on all our sins so that we can be made righteous before God. That's what Paul just said. This is a picture of it. This little juice in a cup, this bread on top of it represents Jesus' blood spilled for us, His body broken for us, His life given for us on a cross so that we can be made friends of God. We can be forgiven. And so we remember that each week. And that's why when we know this, when we appreciate this, when we have appropriated this to our lives by accepting His grace and being forgiven, man, I want everybody to know that. I want everybody to experience this relationship with God. And so here's your opportunity um, before you get a chance to do that, to pray. 
man, maybe um, the Lord has kind of stirred something in your heart this morning. Man, I, okay, I want to grow. I can do it in my own personality. God's given me my personality. It's kind of a sacred thing. How can I grow in being an ambassador? Pray about that now. Maybe you've recognized today that, man, I would like life in Jesus. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Maybe I need to think about that seriously. That would be a time to pray about that too. We'd love to talk with you about that after the service as well. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you can pray about the ambassador thing. Also pray uh, about anything that the Lord has laid on your heart this morning, and we'd love to talk with you about it more. Maybe there's some repenting to do. Uh, Maybe there's some embracing forgiveness to do. Uh, And when you're ready, spend that time in prayer. When you're ready, come get a cup. Take it back to your seat. And it's your, your own time there. You can take, eat, drink, and remember the Lord Jesus.